You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, I'm excited to have Kayla Schwartz, a senior manager on the strategy and insights for retail and consumer goods team at Salesforce. Her background includes extensive data analysis and storytelling, and her main focus is giving retailers a competitive edge by identifying new opportunities based on data-driven evidence. Her insights have been featured in publications like Forbes, Internet Retailer, Women's Wear Daily, and Market Watch. I'm really excited to dig into this conversation today. Kayla, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Absolutely. So I'm all about data-driven research, so I know we're going to have a fantastic conversation. But before we dive into that, can you tell our audience a little bit more about Salesforce and what you do there? Absolutely. Well, Salesforce is a... um, amazing technology company to work for. Um, we're, we um, started as a CRM company and since Mark Benioff founded us uh, over 20 years ago now, um, we've evolved to be um, have marketing products, service, and commerce as well as many other lines of, of services for, for, um, for technology. I work more on the, um, I work specifically for uh, retail and consumer goods. I am a a, a strategist and I utilize our platform data coming off of our commerce product to understand what shoppers are doing, um, behavior that they're adopting and how, and, and using that data to predict and offer insights to brands and retailers on uh, strategies and investments they should be making um, to sort of future-proof their their overall strategy and and make sure that they're delivering awesome experiences for their customers. Well, you must be busier now more than ever (laughs) Uh, with with the rapid changes we're seeing in consumer behaviors. Um, I like that you say to future-proof because you know, I think there's a big, there's a big um, challenge right now of adapting and iterating as swiftly as possible for the for the for the short term, given all the changes. But then also being able to understand and separate. Okay, what are the short term modifications I need to make? But really, what are what what do I, my investments look like for the next one to two years down the road? Um, and I think that that's a, a top of mind challenge right now for many. Absolutely. Yeah. And we hear that all the time from customers. It's uh, <laughs> very interesting. Yes. Because how do how much do you invest in something when it's like, you know, it's more of a near term fix um, versus, you know, this is what we know the world's going to look like in the next few years. But, you know, I think consumer standards for modern retail, you know, we've seen so much evidence that it's it's far from a one size fits all. And I think that's evolving even more. And, you know, how how deep you can go into like that personalization is really a challenge. What are the top, you know, three expectations that you've seen on the consumer side that have really changed since the start of 2020? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and I think about where we were almost a year ago and you know, this, we were talking about the role of the store, right? And we were saying, hey, the store has three main purposes. It's for experience, it's for product discovery, and it's for fulfillment. And 
I think that for the, for the majority of companies, as they were heading into the 2020, they were thinking of, hey, like, it, how do we create a really great experience in our stores? And now all of a sudden, it's become exclusively around fulfillment. And so pivoting to how do we utilize the store, the store as a fulfillment hub and really focusing on technologies that allow that. So, you know, pivoting quickly to inventory management and, you know, surfacing inventory and websites and um, buy online pickup in store and all of the technologies that go around with that, as well as, you know, upskilling your, your workforce so that you can, you know, fulfill from store. All of those things really um, shifted in terms of how companies prioritize the store. Um, another thing that we saw, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the impact of the pandemic and how that's affected the adoption of digital commerce or, or digital transformation. And indeed, we did see a huge shift to um, uh, consumers adopting digital behaviors much faster than we've ever seen before. And I think that for a lot of companies that thought they had time to, you know, adopt a, a digital transformation strategy, they had to really fast track that. So other priorities that might have been, you know, they thought were going to take center stage this year really got sidelined um, in favor of uh, creating a really great and uh, connected experience from that digital world. Because when you're as a consumer, you know, it, especially this year, if you saw something on a website and you wanted to go into store and buy it, it was a really bad experience and customers didn't want to put themselves at risk. So um, knowing that, having that confidence that the product is in your local store and being able to confirm that on websites, we saw it was a really top priority for consumers this year. So, you know, thinking you know, the, the, the store, the role of the store really pivoted, um, the role of digital transformation. And, and yes, that's always been really important, but fast tracking that much faster than they originally expected, I would say, um, were certainly expectations that shifted dramatically since the beginning of the year. No, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's a challenge, but it's exciting because we've spoken about technology and, uh, for so many years and, and now, yes, this is kind of accelerating. I think it, it it leaves a little forgiveness for it not being perfect necessarily, but knowing it just has to happen. And I think it's um, infusing more of an agile mindset with people. You know, we, we, we don't have to wait for, you know, let's do one beta test and then two beta and then a rollout and then a bigger rollout. Like, no, this has to happen. So I think that's, um, that's kind of exciting because... Um, it's just allowing for so much experimentation. Um, what have what have been the top emerging technologies that you think that consumers are leaning into when it comes to how they want to interact with the brand? Mm. Yeah, you know, we've seen a huge surge in uh, social. Mobile has always been, or mobile has really grown to be like the number one device that consumers are using it to shop. So the majority of traffic, the majority of orders are all being processed from a mobile device. Um, but this year we saw a significant shift in the way that consumers are 
um, consuming content and engaging. And, and like I said, we saw this shift to social and Salesforce, uh, we've been polling consumers since the start of, or since early summer. So every two weeks we run a survey and to understand really what's, what are they, what are consumers thinking about? What are they worried about? And one of those things that we asked is how are they consuming content and what ways in which they're, you know, wanting to consume content. And we found that for the majority of consumers, and this was really consistent across the summer, you know, social media was the number one uh, platform or, or, or channel that consumers were consistently engaging with brands and retailers all the time <laughs> or the majority of the time and uh, as we saw that shift. So that was something that we certainly saw a technology in which um, you know consumers were gravitating towards. We also saw a shift, you know, consumers are streaming a lot more content than they ever have before right now. So that, that there's opportunity there um, in which, you know, because when we think about embedding your brand about and getting yourself in front of that consumer, that's another opportunity Um that we're seeing and also email you know good old-fashioned emails it's still a number one uh top uh uh place or, or channel that consumers are are engaging content so you know but i would say that we and when we think about we, people always talk about the shift to digital this year and in terms of shopping but social really saw a massive um migration this year, thanks to thanks to the pandemic and, and just thinking, you know, consumers engaging with not only their friends and their family and staying connected, but they're they're consuming that content from they're they're, they're consuming influencer content, um, advertisements, organic content, and they're actually interacting with it, um, which is really interesting. I think so too. I mean, what we've noticed is that the um, amount of time they're engaging per brand has really grown, which to me is the opportunity because you're getting deeper in that kind of consumer, the customer brand relationship. When you when you have somebody captive, you know, I think that was a big challenge in social media. The average person was spending not even three seconds, just kind of flipping through. And now they're getting on an Insta live or having this two-way dialogue and really engaging with the brand on a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I think has been so cool this year is just seeing the way the brands are like, I don't want to say replacing in-store experiences using social, but creating really cool uh, pieces of engagement. Over their social feeds, and so whether it's through Instagram Live or TikTok, um, you know, Lululemon was doing like live workouts on their Instagram, and I just think that's such a really cool way to, you know, engage your audience and really, you know, get up close and personal with them. But social is such a personal platform, and it's a. I thought that we just saw such cool innovation this year. Because like you said, brands had to get really scrappy. They had to pivot really fast. They had to experiment. 
and we saw some, I, I, I think for, for a lot of people, it paid off, um, engaging the consumer in really unique and interesting ways. So I thought that that was a really cool thing that came out of all of this. Yeah. And I love that you said the word personal, because I do think while social media is a very public platform, I do think that the engagement from the consumer side is pretty personal. And so it is an opportunity for a brand to actually learn a lot about that consumer sentiment. Um, They're very vocal about how they feel about an experience. They're very uh, uh, public in how they share the experience with others. So it's a very interesting learning opportunity for brands. Absolutely. So you mentioned the store and, you know, we kind of sit in the heart of creating physical experiences. How do you see this newfound technological fluidity, right, with consumers impacting the in-store experience? That's a great question. Um, So, you know, I would say that when we think about the consumer mindset, they don't see two different storefronts right they see your website and they see your store and but they think it's the same thing um they don't know the back end and all the you know the challenges and 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 different you know everything that goes into that so for the, the consumer i would say that especially right now we're seeing a huge shift in um confidence uh, especially around product availability um, and inventory issues, especially right now, you know, we're having such challenges with fulfillment. And so, and I don't know if this is going to stay around forever, but at least in the short term right now, I think that in terms of creating a a great store experience, it's all about making sure that the, the store is, uh, an outpost of the website. Um, the customer's likely going to your website before they go to your store. So making sure that you're serving up to the customer relevant information, whether it's, uh, you know, store inventory information um, and product availability. And then in the store, you know, we've seen a huge shift towards contactless. So at we know that consumers are more interested than ever in using contactless payments. Um, so, you know, the tap, the tap cards, or even Apple Pay in the store, there's been a huge shift and renewed interest in that. Consumers are really all about, you know, like I said, confidence, security, um, keeping themselves and their family safe, as well as um, usage of, you know, buy online pickup and store options or curbside options. There's been a huge um, development towards that. So I think that technology is right now that really balance that website uh, and store experience are, are really going to do really well. And, you know, Target's a really great example of this. They've done very well through the pandemic. They really leaned in to their curbside options. Um, you know, even just going down to my local Target, you know, before they've always had, or not always, but they've had curbside for a while now, but now it's, you know, a line for curbside and everyone's utilizing it. Um, and so it's really amazing. Um, but they've done a great job through their app and, you know, engaging with the app in the store, you know, 
you can use in-store coupons through the app and, you know, uh, curbside pickup through the app and, and serving up push notifications. So um, Target's been a really great example, I think, throughout this pandemic of um, a retailer that has really leaned into um, utilizing their store, creating a really great experience, leaning into their technology to deliver that. Um, yeah, so that was a really long <laughs> No, that's question. right. I completely agree. And I do think, I think Target's done a great job and they were very forward thinking in their investments with technology, you know, acquisitions with companies like Shift, right? And and really kind of being forward thinking about how do I how do I think of my, my physical assets more holistically, right? And you talk about it being a balance between product discovery and fulfillment. And so they kind of they they were all positioned on that, especially for a year like 2020. How do how do you guide brands in creating tailored, contextualized engagement across multiple touch points, right? Because we, we just talked about you know there's the mobile and the web and the in store. Like how do you how do you work with them on that? And what what is the formula that makes it work? Um, and on the other side, what are the, some of the, the the common things you see that make it a failure? Yeah, I think especially this year, it's been all around pivoting messaging really quickly. Um, so not pigeonholing yourself into one type of engagement tactic or piece of content. Um, we know that consumers, they told us recently that um, through our surveys, that they want to uh, receive multiple types of content from brands. So it's not enough to rely on just one channel to uh, deliver your messaging. You really have to be thinking about the right way to engage your consumer. So it's really all about understanding your shopper, utilizing your data um, to, to understand their wants, their needs, their preferences, segmenting your audience, getting really tight about um, like we said before, embedding your brand. We talk about this a lot at Salesforce, um, shopping at the edge. So in the traditional retail model, consumers come to your store, right? And, and, you, and you engage them in your store on your website. But in today's consumer is breaking down those walls. They're, they're so digitally savvy and, and they're consuming content at the speed of light they're not necessarily going to your store or to your website. And so the modern brand and retailer really has to think about how they're going to get themselves in front of their customer outside of their four walls. Um, so, you know, creating those really um, agile pieces of content, testing your content, um, and, and not being too afraid to really, like you said before, experiment, you know, get creative. Um, we saw Elf Cosmetics um, at the beginning of the pandemic, they, they created a TikTok video that went viral and it's been very successful for them. And they've always had a really great social presence, but that was um, just a really cool example of a brand that used an emerging piece of technology to uh, create and engage content that was really relevant and timely. And when you think about the Elf Cosmetics audience, it was it was perfect. So, you know, I think that brands that are really successful in um, in this right now are thinking about 
understanding their consumer, utilizing their data to understand their consumer, segmenting, and then pivoting fast. You know, there's a lot of changes going on. The news cycles change every minute. Um, so thinking about how you can come from a place of empathy, but also creativity. Um, and those brands that are being really creative right now are really standing out. No, I agree. I've definitely seen uh, a few and uh, bring up Elf. I think a lot in the beauty industry have been really creative and um, whether it's integrating things like augmented reality so that you can really try, you could try product without really putting them on um, or um, virtual beauty advisor appointments and, you know, really um, creating that human connection, even though if we can't be together in person. I think they, as a, as a category, they've done a really good job at that. Um, you talk about learning and, you know, we always talk about that. We got to test, iterate, learn, you know, pivot. How have you seen sentiment around AI and data change uh, in 2020? Yeah. You know, there's, uh, we have been doing a lot of research on, like I said before, consumer sentiment. And we know that consumers are actually, willing to give up their personal information in exchange for great experiences. So with AI, you know, it's all about data um, in order to drive really relevant um, and, and better uh, personalized experiences. And, and the consumer, you know, they're, they are, they want to be personalized too. There's um, a, how do you say it? There really is um, a want and need, even though, you know, I, I think that people get scared when you talk about data and using that data, but consumers are willing to give that up, um, like I said. So, you know, being very forthright and, and, and honest about how you're utilizing customer data um, to provide those experiences is important. Um, because we know that even though they're willing to give it up, the data, they're not confident that companies are utilizing that data in uh, appropriate ways. And they're also not 100%, um, they don't know how the companies are using that data. So I think there's a really missed opportunity there for brands to be transparent with their customers about the need for data in order to create a really great experience for consumers. Um, in terms of 2020, you know, I think that AI is even more relevant. You know, we talk about the the consumer and how they're engaging through social, and social is a really great way to provide that one-on-one -on -one, uh, engagement. I think that really uh, tr transcends across all touch points. So when they think about if they go to the website, they want they still want to feel like they're having that one-on-one -on -one engagement with your brand even though they're on your website so you know servicing up really relevant um content really relevant product recommendations um and and it we've seen this year product recommendations really move outside of like the you may also like and we've seen you know brands leaning into more like the complete the look um type of product recommendations or, you know, complete the set or, you know, for beauty brands thinking about, uh, you know, servicing up products that complement specific shades or uh, 
leaning into, you know, guided selling and, um, you know, I, Ann Taylor just launched like a, a style quiz on their website, which I thought was really cute. Um, but like, you know, your work from home style or whatever. Right, so. right. Whatever that is, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga pants for sometimes me. Sometimes <laughs> it's pajamas. Sometimes it's an actual outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think it's, like I said before, it's all about creativity. But yes, I think there's certainly, um, AI is still incredibly relevant in 2020, maybe even in a lot of ways more important. But consumers need confidence that companies are utilizing their data um, in uh, fair and ethical ways. And so I think there's opportunity there for um, companies to create a lot of confidence in consumers by being transparent and honest. Um, and then, you know, leaning into that data to deliver on those promises um, and, 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 and using it to provide a really great experience. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think we unconsciously give away so much information all the time. Um, and sometimes the response back is creepy. And sometimes the response back is surprise and delight. Like if I'm speaking to you about something and then I pull up my phone and the next time I go online, I get served an ad. That's a little weird because I'm not aware that I've opted into that experience. But, you know, if I speak to Alexa, for example, and she starts learning my behaviors because of what I put on my shopping list or stuff like that, like it's a little bit more of a conscious opt-in and the better job Alexa does, the more I feel that value add. So it's definitely a balance. Um, so one of the trends too that you've talked about um, and you know your team has talked about is, is, is direct to consumer, uh, that it's been changing consumer expectations of, of retail over the past few years, right? And that relationship. And so do you think consumers expect something different from brands than they do um, maybe from retailers or, and do you think retailers um, are changing to be more like that B D2C brand experience? I think that retailers are definitely changing um, to be, I agree that the direct to consumer brand experience has really changed uh, commerce and it's changed the way that consumers buy, right? I mean, we saw since the start of the pandemic purchases for non-essential goods, or sorry, for essential goods. So goods that you would normally buy at like a grocery store or your local Target, Walmart. Um, consumers are going directly to those websites to place those purchases. Um, it grew by 200, purchases for those products grew by 200% year over year. And I think for the retailer, you know, it, the, the for the brand going direct to consumer is all about experience. I know we've talked a lot about experience in this podcast, but it really is about that personalized, unique, fun experience for the consumer. When you think about, you know, the Billy brand, they're just selling razors. Um, but the experience of buying from Billy is so cool. And so consumers are going to sign up for the subscription and they're going to buy their razors, which they could get at the grocery store, directly from this brand because the experience is so much better. And so, you know, I don't know if you could say that retailers have changed. I think that, you know, when I look at a retailer like Nordstrom's, um, they've done, they've always leaned into experience. Um, 
right before the pandemic, I actually got the chance to go to their, uh, their new New York store. And that was so cool. Um, you know, it, they just really leaned into that, having that unique, like you said, the surprise and delight, the pop-ups in the store, the, you know, the shoe bar downstairs, um, and just really great, um, experiences. So I think for retailers that are going to really succeed, they're going to lean into that. Um, and I think that D2C brands are really just accelerating that consumer shift. And it's especially in 2020, it, it's massive, right? The shift is huge because everyone's shopping online. And so how do you translate that in-store experience to your website? Um, that's what's really going to be key. So I think there's a lot that retailers can learn from D2C brands. Um, especially in that like digitally native experience. And, it, you know, you have um, the care of the vitamin brand. Um, guided selling is so big, I, in my opinion, amongst those like digitally native D2C brands. And, and there's so many cool um, experiences that they're providing to consumers. No, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. I think that, that that's what... Um kind of adds that layer in a personalization too, because as you're guiding, uh, you're, you're learning, right? And you're hopefully um, curating to me as a consumer, something that's really reflective to me, my needs and wants. Um, and I think that's what consumers really want. So, uh, so I started the conversation with this uh, dichotomy that we have of, uh, we need to figure out what to do now, right? And most people um, are like, what's happening in the next month, two months, three months max, but we are approaching 2021. So <laughs> what are your uh, top three, you know, thoughts and predictions for consumer trends into 2021? And, you know, what do you think is going to, um, I guess, remain, right, as a new customer behavior from what's happened in 2020 and things that brands and retailers should think about for the future? Well, I think that if I can predict this, um, <laughs> You're getting a raise. No. Yes. <laughs> um, I think this is a question that everyone wants answered. I, I, I can only speak from a perspective of what we know about the past and looking at our data. And whenever we see big adoption in, in uh, digital behavior, which is every year around the holidays, Cyber Week in particular, we see um, new learned behavior. And so, you know, there's a lot of opinion on whether or not behavior that's forced versus, um, you know, changing naturally is actually going to stick around. But when we see these big um, spikes, uh, what we typically see once the holidays are over is never actually a return to normal. So we do see, you know, if, if I know you can't see what I'm, my hands right now, but <laughs> what we typically see throughout the year is digital spend is pretty flat. You know, if, if you're looking at a line graph, you're going to see if digital spend is your line, 
it's pretty flat, kind of goes up and down a little bit, but it stays pretty flat. And then all of a sudden we get to Cyber Week and it just shoots up really high. And then as we head towards Boxing Day, it starts to fall a little bit more and go a little bit back down. Then we hit January and it falls down, falls back down, but it never goes back to the level it was before. So, and this is consistent across every year. So if we look the past 10 years, you know, we see digital adoption spike during Cyber Week, go back down a little bit and then flatten out for the rest of the year. Um, and it's kind of like a very weird set of stairs. So, yeah, so what I know about that is that when consumers ad adopt digital behavior, um, especially when new consumers adopt digital behavior, those habits typically stick. Um, and, you know, they're not buying at holiday level peaks throughout the year, but they're getting comfortable making purchases online, buying online. And so what I know about that behavior, I'm confident in saying that the behavior that consumers are learning right now, especially those new digital shoppers, we saw a 40% increase in new digital shoppers this year. Um, those habits aren't just gonna go away. Yes, consumers wanna go back into the store. They are gonna go back into the store and we're not gonna see these levels of digital uh, shopping forever but we're never going to see it go back to normal. So I would say for any brand or retailer thinking about 2021, it's all about digital, um, creating a great digital experience, thinking about, um, you know, how do you have a really great order management system so that, you know, you can deliver on those customer expectations of uh, confidence, um, product availability, um, things that consumers are really caring about. You know, we're releasing another round of holiday predictions today. And one of the predictions that we're putting out there is that um, uh, product availability and fulfillment will really overshadow brand loyalty. Um, consumers are really worried about um, are they going to get the product that they need on time? And, is, you know, is it going to be available? And um, are they going to receive it? And so thinking about how you can, you know, utilize the store as a center of fulfillment um, for your website um, in order to get product to consumers quickly. Um, yeah, so, so for 2021, I would say it's all about digital. Um, and, you know, it's digital, it's fulfillment, it's um, experience, digital experience, thinking about, you know, providing those really great, um, and it's not even just commerce, it's, it's really thinking about service, um, providing, uh, uh, especially this year, we anticipate a lot of returns because people are gonna be shopping online more, um, being able to, provide a, a really great service experience in the channels that consumers are using. So in social, um, live chat, uh, 
SMS, you know, thinking about those touch points and how you can deliver on great service experiences in those channels. Um, so that is absolutely something that I think that um, brands and retailers should be thinking about as they head into 2021. No, absolutely. It's going to be interesting how it continues to inform uh, store design, right? And and how a space really needs to be agile and really be able to flex between the point of discovery and the point of fulfillment and being able to serve multiple customer journeys. Um, because that, you know, the, the, the fluency we all have with, with digital now is not going to go away. No, absolutely not. Um, so, so yeah. It's going to be an interesting 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully like a better interesting than 2020. But uh, but I do think it's 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 uh, pushing the needle and it's going to make a lot of aspects of retail better than it had been. So I think that that's a silver lining. Um, well, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of your, your insights. And, you know, I could have the conversation around the possibilities of data forever. Um, but, <laughs> but we do need to wrap up this episode. But before we do, I, I've asked everybody this year because we're so limited in travel if doing it at all um you're calling in from south carolina correct okay charleston south carolina so um when our audience is able to travel again myself included um what would be the top three things that we should see or do uh when in charleston oh good question so i love charleston um my favorite city i would say Okay, so the first thing you have to do is go to Sullivan's Island, go to the beach. I'm a beach person. Uh, yeah, so go to the beach. <laughs> um, and then when you're ready for food, um, walk into the downtown area of Sullivan's Island. There's a lot of really great spots, but our favorite is um, Home Team. It's like a barbecue place. They have uh, really great salads and you have to get the game changer it's their famous uh cocktail oh that sounds uh <laughs> that sounds intense i like it it is intense um so definitely for me uh sullivan's uh sullivan's island beach day with a home team lunch is like my perfect weekend um and then if you're going to go downtown uh, you know, anywhere downtown is beautiful. We love to, um, we have two toddlers, so we love to take them to the battery area. Um, they have a great park with a playground and then, um, Rainbow Row, which is the famous street in Charleston is right there. So we love to walk up and down that street with the kids and grab lunch. Um, also if you're going to go out to eat for dinner in Charleston downtown, you have to make a reservation at Husk. Um, it is the best restaurant in my opinion in Charleston. It's so good. Um, uh, but you have to make reservations way in advance. Um, but definitely Husk is a, a top, uh, place to eat. And, um, anywhere in Charleston that you go is beautiful. It's such a beautiful city. Um, I really encourage everyone to come visit. Uh, we love, we love living here. We're, we're Northeastern natives. So we moved here a few years ago and, uh, it's been awesome. Well, that's great. So I have to add it to my list. I last time I was in South Carolina, I think I was like six years old. So I won't age myself, but it was a very long time ago. Um, but the but the beach and barbecue and parks, it sounds perfect. Um, thank you for sharing that. I've added it to my list. Thank you uh, so much for being with us, everyone. Again, this was Kayla Schwartz, Senior Manager on the Strategy and Insights 
for retail and consumer goods team at Salesforce, um, sharing uh, lots of good tidbits um, and nuggets of information with us. Kayla, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely, and thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. All right, everyone, this was another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast. And until the next one. Thank you.